0: Hello and welcome to Still Any Good, the podcast where we run the risk of ruining our childhoods by revisiting fondly remembered films. My name's Rob Johnson, and as always, I'm here with a man who I once saw in a bathtub and said, Ooh, nice software. (laughs) Yes, it's Chris Webb. Hello. Hello, how are you? How's it going? I'm good, how are you? I'm good, thank you.
1: I will say for the listeners who can't see us, there's a bit of a turnaround this week, because looking <laughs> through Google Hangouts at Rob, where he's sitting, he's in a much worse place than me.
0: <laughs> Just for a change. Please explain. <laughs> of course, you know, the running joke of SAGPOD is that I record the podcast from the comfort of my luxurious spare room, and, and Chris records it from his dank, <laughs> dungeon-like, <laughs> 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 cat-piss-smelling garage. And... Um, I've been doing a bit of renovating so I'm actually in a in what looks to be like a a, a very blown out sort of war torn shack. <laughs>
1: yeah, well it looks like my garage when I first saw you on the screen I thought it was a modern version of when a stranger calls.
0: <laughs> Turning around yeah. I thought you were sitting behind me. <laughs> it, no it's it was just it's a single white female thing. I've I've, I've come to <laughs> identify with you and idolize you so much I've torn the walls off my off my room. <laughs> I'll be killing someone with a stiletto heel soon. Don't come near my dog, please. (laughs) It's nice to to be the one that's recording from a shithole for a change. See how the other half lives. So what have you been up to? Well, just, yeah, work and and renovating. Really? Just living the Kiwi dream. And you?
1: Well, it's been an unusual week for me. Of course, I always ah. talk about my children. Obviously, you haven't seen my children for a while, but you remember that um, the, the small little child of mine, the little baby?
0: Of course. Thea, of course.
1: She starts school next week.
0: Oh, God.
1: Yeah. So this it. week it was her farewell at kindy. It was her last day at kindergarten. And they have a special ceremony, a farewell ceremony for all the kids when they leave. And it's a bit bizarre. It's a bit Freemason. She gets to, she gets to sit on a throne with a sort of a funny hat on. Yeah. And the, the head teacher of the kid, he does almost like a little comedy roast. And then, yeah, it's just bizarre. It's really unusual. And then the kids get to choose two songs that they can all get up and dance to. The, the kids always choose the same thing. They always choose like something by The Wiggles or some nursery rhymes or something. Yeah. And my yeah. daughter, being a product of my loins, um, yeah. wanted them to do Shout by Lulu and <laughs> uh, Jimmy Jimmy <laughs> by The Undertones.
0: <laughs> oh, you must have been so
1: proud. I was very proud. I was disappointed they said no. It has to be something that the children know. And it's got to be a song that they always have in kindy. So they had to, she had to do like Crazy Frog or something in the end. So it was all very oh. prescribed. I was very disappointed.
0: What bloody conformist attitudes that is. Stifle the creativity and individualism. Yeah, she stuff. should have Lulu if she wants it. Oh, well, look, look, it's an insufferable, pretentiously tasteful music fan that you've... um. You've raised the...
1: (laughs) She told me the other day she really likes Paul from The Beans and it took me ages to work out what she was talking about until she started singing When I'm 64. It's incredible.
0: Oh, God, they always go for Paul, don't they? Yeah, I don't blame her. The the Beans. The Beans. (laughs) There would have been a much much better name than The (laughs) Beans. So, this evening, Chris, yes. um, it was your selection, so um, please do tell.
1: I've chosen a film from 1986, I think it was, and it's one of those sort of high-concept films that probably wouldn't get made these days, although I know that there is a remake on the cards. Mm. It's kind of unusual in that I saw the sequel first. The sequel came out a couple yeah. of years later and I saw that first. I'm the same, I'm the same. Sort of enjoyed it and kind of went, oh I'll go and watch the original and I probably saw it in about 1988, something like that, which had made me about 16 years old and I thought it was great fun. Really enjoyed it, watched it a few times since and it is Short Circuit. It's the ultimate soldier. It doesn't get happy, it doesn't get sad,
0: it doesn't laugh at your jokes. It is quite simply yeah. the most sophisticated robot on Earth.
1: At Nova Robotics, the future is in good hands. You're doing real good. Just keep working on those last two bars. Thanks to Dr. Newton Crosby. Originally, I designed it as a marital aid. But artificial intelligence has gotten too smart. No. It's malfunctioning. It might not do anything.
0: But it could decide to blow away anything that moves, couldn't it? 11 million dollars worth of robot just hit the road Wow! number five is alive welcome to my planet you just have to find
1: number five get some answers
0: why
1: don't
0: you come on in my house
1: and it's got a lot of living to do whatever it takes to put that stupid contraption out of commission that's what you do put me
0: input. And right. right right they can seem quite lifelike, but they are still machines. Oh. Number five is alive. Excellent, excellent. You were you a fan of this one? Yeah, well I um I was the same as you. I saw Short Circuit 2 first when I was a kid. We'd just got a VHS. My older brother I think hired Short Circuit 2 when it came out on, on New Release and it was I had this weird thing when I was a kid, even though I knew that things were like number two the sequels were called number two i never i still just didn't conceive of the first movie so for years i just <laughs> <laughs> so for years i just kind of watched short circuit two without even really thinking about that there was a short circuit one because and then the sequel is one of those it, very
1: strange one that it carries on without two of the main the characters in it
0: sort of late era smokey and the bandit late era pink panther <laughs> the the two leads i guess i like to say it went on to Bigger and Better Things, but they kind of didn't, really.
1: Because yeah, I was having a look just just before we started recording. I had a quick IMDB, because both of the leads, it's strange, they just kind of disappeared from mainstream film. They did. Around about the same time, and I'm not entirely sure why, because they were both sort of
0: flavour of the month for a little while. Talking about Steve Gutenberg and Ellie Sheedy. Hmm. Um, and, of course, yeah, Steve Gutenberg was, was quite big for a while there. I mean, Police Academy... Three Men and a Baby, this um Cocoon, yeah, yeah. Then he ended up doing uh, just kind of these really terrible Police Academy sequels. Not all of them, though. did did he did, he just did some of them, I think. The Police Academy. He ended up to part four, I think, and then he yeah he disappeared. Did Cocoon the Return, which was a lesser sequel. Did Three Men and a Little Lady, which was a lesser Mm -hmm. sequel. Did High Spirits, which was ooh something that we've often talked about doing on this um, podcast. I, I
1: still think we should. Um,
0: and then just, yeah, kind of faded into oblivion because I guess mm. there was nothing really distinctive about Gutenberg, was there? He was kind of a charming, affable, kind of good-looking... He looking, was a but lovable, not, not goofy, goofy guy, guy that they kind of had in the 80s. But, yeah, but, you know, he didn't really have, I guess, the, the chops to translate into kind of a dramatic leading man no. kind of thing. Mm.
1: He has tried. If you've seen the hallmark channel remake of the poseidon adventure
0: oh god no, he's haven't.
1: in that that's that's worth a watch <laughs> <laughs> the, the gutenberg adventure <laughs> um, but strangely uh, he is sort of on rotation in our house because yeah. my children like watching casper a spirited beginning which oh. he's in with sort of slick back hair and a goatee beard
0: is that the prequel
1: movie it's the to prequel casper. to casper yeah. obviously okay. cost about 10 percent of the original budget
0: Is Casper alive in that one?
1: Well, it doesn't actually show... It's not a prequel so much. You don't see Casper dying. I was going to say, that could
0: be quite dark. (laughs) Yeah, he just gets murdered.
1: But you do see him the second after he's died because as soon as he's died, his spirit is on this train to the underworld. Ah, yeah, okay. Which is all very dark. He never sort of goes, oh, shit, I'm dead or anything like that because he is a child. Yeah, yeah. Um, But the effects in it look like they were done on a Commodore 64. They're terrible. Oh, God. Really bad, low-budget stuff. And it's got what would have been in the 80s, a stellar cast. It's got Steve Guttenberg in it. It's got Rodney Mm -hmm. Dangerfield.
0: And Spinal
1: Taps' Michael McKean is in it too. I like Michael McKean. I've always
0: liked Michael McKean.
1: Who coincidentally is in Short Circuit too. But um, it's an awful film. It's a really terrible film. But my kids kids absolutely love it.
0: Not so much a spirited beginning as a shitty beginning, really. (laughs) (laughs) They should have called it that. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, <laughs> a shitty um, because it would have been because he's just died it's a terrible yeah. beginning <laughs> not nice at all and then ellie sheedy you know she was a bit of a brat packer. she kind of peaked around this time as well really didn't really go on to too much and of, of course she was in um this this being directed by john badham of of saturday night fever blue thunder war games kind of mm. fame she'd come off war games hadn't she um a few yes years that's ago. right yeah 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 because I, um,
1: I did i did go through her back catalogue and this was probably other than cameos and things like one of the x-men films and stuff like that this is yeah. probably about the last thing that i'd heard of she, yeah. she hasn't stopped working and neither has steve Gutenberg, but all of it is real kind of also ran stuff
0: yeah she, she hasn't stopped working he hasn't stopped working we just wish they had it's basically <laughs> um, <laughs> that's basically where we're at with those two and um yeah, of course, uh Fisher Stevens in what can only be called quite a problematic um supporting it's slightly role. Slightly awkward, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> it's as if a Pooh from The Simpsons <laughs> come to life and and it was play- still played by Hank Azaria in Brownface. It's like Justin Trudeau has turned up to assist with the computing. <laughs> Trudeau press conference. I can't recall playing Ben Djiboutia in <laughs> <Yeah>. short circuit. <laughs> but I may have played him in the sequel too. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> the sad thing is, if you strip back the hugely problematic racist <laughs> issues with the character, he actually has some pretty funny lines.
1: <laughs> it's difficult to get
0: past though, isn't it? <laughs> it's very difficult to get past. But it's the, it's the Apu problem, isn't it? Apu has arguably some really good lines, but they are being yeah. being said in a cod Indian accent by a, a white American man.
1: Because when I saw this as a boy, I didn't know it was a white American. Neither I did I. It was an Indian man. So there's the argument that he might have been doing it quite authentically. Some of the notes over it is. He certainly thinks so.
0: But well, in fact, I I, I thought Fisher Stevens was of Indian heritage until only a few years ago. Hmm. Until he won an Oscar. Yeah, what did he win the Oscar for? Best
1: documentary for that one about dolphins, The Cove.
0: Ah, uh, okay. Did he play the dolphins too? <laughs>
1: yeah, he he dolphined <laughs> up for it. Yeah, he got a sort of blue <laughs> makeup on.
0: <laughs> he got into fish face. <laughs>
1: because <before laughs> <him. laughs> out of the but entire cast, if you said one of these is going to win an Oscar. <laughs>
0: I would have said um, it was the robot, actually, out of all of them. <laughs> yeah. the or <laughs> <Well>, the dog. <laughs> but um, they kind of almost make a mockery of it in the movie, don't they, when Steve Gut- Gutenberg's character asks um, Fisher Stevens, where are you from anyway? And he says, um, "Bakersfield," <laughs> That's and then right, he went, no, yeah. You're, no, your um, parents or your ancestors or something. And then he goes, oh. Um, Pittsburgh or something like that. Pittsburgh, yeah, yeah. It's kind of like, <laughs> it's almost like, it's almost a terrible acknowledgement that we're not even saying this guy's Indian. We're just doing we're just doing a goodness gracious me um Absolutely. Indian. It's Peter Sellers at the party and yeah. that sort of thing, yeah. Yeah. It's it's really bad. And of course as as mentioned the director John Badham, a little bit on theme with him. He likes his kind of technology stuff, doesn't he? Hmm. He likes you know, Blue Thunder, War Games, of course, which also dealt with AI. Um, and he likes this kind of action action comedy to some extent. Yeah, that Michael that's, J. Fox
1: one, which is good fun.
0: Is it The Hard Way? He did that. The Hard Way. I enjoyed The Hard Way. Bird on a Wire, like I said. With, um, uh, oh, he did that. Yeah, Mel Gibson and, and Goldie wow. Moore. Wow. And he did Nick of Time, that quite bad Johnny Depp Oh, that real-time the one. The real-time one, yeah. Quite an interesting back catalogue. Quite successful in that sort of late 70s early 80s um, period and this film really which um, there were quite a few films at this time that dealt with robots and computers becoming sentient and artificial intelligence Under you know, Under the, the tr- Reagan
1: administration wasn't it so it's when they were talking about yeah. the Star Wars project and that kind
0: of thing it's what technology it, could it, do and just in the, in the kind of couple of years around this film, you had Electric Dreams, you had War Games by Batham, you had Terminator, Daryl. I don't know if you ever remember that one about the young D. A. Andrew. R. Y. L. Yeah, yeah D. A. R. R. Y. L. Dot is its you know its technical name, and um, <laughs> Robocop of course, and this was in the zeitgeist this kind of film. And yeah, of course the uh, opening credits start with a whole bunch of servos and gears and circuitry and things getting assembled and wires mm. and mechanics and then you get a glimpse of a, a robot head, and it's Wally That's right. It's, it's, it's Wall-E, or it's that
1: scanner from Domino's pizzas. <laughs> yeah. That's where number five is now, now that the work's dried up. He's yeah. just going, yep, that's a pizza.
0: Yeah, that's, it's actually his grandson, number seven. Um, <laughs> we, we kind of see that we're at a Nova Robotics sort of a demonstration aren't we like yes. a, a live demonstration for the military of these these robots
1: mm. and you can tell they're bad robots
0: bent on destruction because they've got
1: evil red eyes, funny evil little red robot eyes eyebrows. very much like the Terminator albeit in a different shape yeah it, yeah, make yeah. Me, it, yeah it did make me think that if Skynet was involved in this and these were the Terminators that took over the world in this funny little blobby shape of theirs it would have been a completely mm. different film it would have been we'd have had to cast Danny DeVito as the
0: Terminator <laughs> Well, well, I mean, Number 5 is a hell of a lot more animated and lifelike than Arnold Schwarzenegger is. So. <laughs> <laughs> we see the, the scientist who's jumps on the mic talking to the, the military types or looking at the, the demonstration. Because, of course, these these robots are sort of hidden in this bunker and... These tanks are are, are approaching and they zap them Hmm. with their shoulder-mounted lasers. He says that these things are called the Strategic Artificially Intelligent Nuclear Transports, or Saints. SAINTS. And they are the future, basically, of military combat. They can be parachuted into behind enemy lines and... Mm. Um, the, the, the 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 latest cutting-edge weapon in the um, Cold War, basically.
1: But, but as usual, if the enemies just hide upstairs, then they're going to be okay, because
0: everything's on rollers. <laughs> yeah. Same old problem the Daleks had. <laughs> I, I have to say, um, before we go on, this film, or, or Johnny Five, as he does come to be known, does have something of a personal resonance for me, because, as you know, um, in Napier, there is a, a place called Ocean Spa, which is sort of like your public hot pools and... Lovely place, and um, I used to have flats across the road from from there. And my brother, my older brother, and I, my, and our friend Ed, we used to go across the road to Ocean Spa quite a bit because it was convenient. And we used to call um the the movement that you end up doing when you're in the that kind of main hot pool. Yeah. We used to call it Johnny Fithing, because <laughs> you sort of end up crouching. Yeah. You sort of hold your you hold your arms in a kind of bent. <laughs> a bent kind of fashion and as you sort of crawl walk kind of with your arms bent just so you don't have to stand up and get cold you know when you're kind of moving yep. around the pool I and know we'll exactly what you
1: mean <laughs> It's my daughter's birthday on Friday and she wants to go to Ocean Spa so I'm going
0: to be thinking of oh, Johnny lovely. Five the whole time I'm in there Yeah you'll you'll be Johnny Fiving all around that pool That's so amazing
1: That's really brilliant <laughs> <laughs> They're called Nova Robotics, isn't it? Nova yeah. Robotics. yeah. The head of Nova Robotics. Now he's the stuttering attorney in my
0: cousin Vinny, isn't he? That's the only. Th- I, he's probably in loads of stuff, yeah. but that's
1: the only thing I remember him from.
0: Yeah, he's. Um, I, I did look him up. Apparently, he's sort of a playwright, and he, he has one of those faces as we always talk about in these movies. Um, and he's very well cast in this as kind of mm. a bookish but corporate, corporatized wanker, and uh, you know he's, he's really good in this. Of course, Robot Number no. Five is is. Um, left on a generator he's being charged and then lo and behold he's struck by lightning there's a big power surge the two robot technician guys that are there one of them says ha we're in deep shit now man <laughs> <laughs> why all they did was charge him <laughs> i mean what they couldn't doing? help the lightning <laughs> they couldn't no. help the lightning striking <laughs> him could they they were like flying kites near a <laughs> electric substation or anything like that I'd, I'd be thrilled, personally, that I just narrowly avoided getting struck by lightning. Instead, well, they're, yeah. like, complaining. <laughs> and then they see that he's f- sort of fine, or so they think, and, and mm. kind of se- send him on his way. But he's not fine, is he?
1: No, he's he's acting strange. He's acting very curious for a robot. He's sort of perving at a coffee machine that goes past. He's a, ooh, a coffee machine.
0: <laughs> yeah. And then he spots a butterfly, doesn't he? And he sort of... He does.
1: So he follows a butterfly, and he, yeah. he escapes... From the compound because he's on the back of a truck and they think he's a giant bin. <laughs> yeah.
0: and it's about now that we um we see G W Bailey um of police academy fame, Lieutenant yeah, Harris. Harris, Captain yeah. Harris, yeah, and um he's basically just playing Harris again, almost just like a slightly less buffoonish Harris, but yeah, just as much of an asshole and with
1: a slightly funnier name. Yeah, and Scrota, <laughs> Scrota,
0: yeah. Skroter, yeah. Because of course, the, the, everyone's noticed that number five has gone missing. He's sending these these distressing messages, which are saying malfunction. Doctor Howard is is very concerned. You know, Don't tell me his laser is still armed. And uh, Fisher Stevens' character says, "Bimbo." Which I think he I think he means bingo. Yeah. Yes. Yes. There's, there's a lot of, of that. Yeah. There's, there's lots of repeat. Yeah. And then um, Howard says. What if he goes out and melts a busload of nuns? Yeah, what's the newspaper <laughs> headline there? First wish says nun soup. That's I, right. Right. <laughs> I that didn't think was that was actually funny, really actually. <laughs> but, of course, Gutenberg's character only has kind of just popped up. He's Newton Crosby, PhD. He's the guy who's created the Saints. He wants them to have kind of peacetime applications rather than um military yeah. applications he's kind of publicity shy you know, he's, he's I didn't really
1: of... understand Steve Gutenberg's character cuz apparently no. he was meant to be this sort of scientist who doesn't really mix with people is is almost on the spectrum he's one of those kind of he'd be like the sort of the office SWAT if you like he just be sat there and he doesn't really get on with people he yeah. doesn't understand people and they don't understand him
0: yeah he's sort like Alan Turing
1: yeah so yeah so, yeah. so, instead, they hired the most outgoing actor of the
0: eighties yeah. you could imagine. He was miscast. He, I, I was watching it, going, "God, he kind of almost comes across like Chris Pratt." Yeah, he's yeah. got this kind of, kind of charming, this, a certain kind of American charm. Yeah, bit um, goofy, bit um, charming. Bit yeah, comedic leanings. In fact, his character, almost out of all of them, so almost out of Ali Sheedy, Fisher Stevens, he's got the least to do. Ali Sheedy's really good. She's really charming and got quite a she's lovely in it yeah she's got a lot to do um, and of, of course the robot is that the protagonist Steve Gutenberg sort of sticks out like dogs balls because he's kind of ostensibly the the lead but he just yeah. he's hardly in it for a long time
1: because from what I've read on Wikipedia therefore it must be true mm. was that the intention of the Steve Gutenberg character or the the Newton Crosby character. Was that he would learn from number five about what it's like to be alive, willing yeah, to yeah, kind of okay. show his emotions, fall in love, interact with people, yeah. and so yeah. that as you said that you know he would as if he was a, more like an Alan Turing kind of mm. character mm. that would work brilliantly, but with somebody like Steve Gutenberg, who's everybody's friend, it yeah. makes no sense.
0: You can see someone like Colin Firth or something playing this where he's sort of quite stiff and closed off at the start and then you know, becomes almost like an oh, a Mr. in a, a Mister Darcy kind of fashion, and Bridget Jones, Mister Darcy, not Jane Austen, yeah.
1: but Mister. Or even like Ben Wishaw or somebody like yeah, that. Ben, ben Wishaw to do yeah. a serious remake of it. Yeah,
0: yeah, but yeah, like you say, Steven Gutenberg's already the all-American dude, yeah. so totally, totally miscast. Although not as badly miscast as Fisher Stevens, it should be
1: said. <laughs> um. <Yeah. laughs> if you were to pick a movie where Steve Gutenberg was the worst <laughs> cast character. It's
0: not this one. It's still not this one. <laughs> so number five is he finds himself in um, Astoria, Oregon, home
1: of the Goonies and Kindergarten Cop. Home of Cop. the Goonies,
0: yeah, and Kindergarten Cop, and and that nice bridge that you keep seeing. Yes, yes. He's keeps talking about needing input, need input, need input, input, with a quite a cute voice, has to be said. Yeah, and then he um, parachutes. He falls falls off the bridge does he falls off the bridge
1: yeah there there seems to be a lot of and this happened a lot in the 80s as well is
0: if somebody falls a long way you just get a lot of whoa he does that a few times I quite liked it with him though because it's kind of him just expressing um, his childlike wonder at things and uh, I found it cute actually him going wee
1: I'm
0: glad you did I'm glad I'm so easily amused (laughs) just get a robot to go wee (laughs) (laughs) but of course he he lands on stephanie's snack shack truck he does um
1: stephanie goes home um and her boyfriend or ex-boyfriend is there and he's trying to sell her dog for medical (laughs) research
0: Yeah. yeah odd choice for the writers eh? how do we show um Ali uh, Sheedy's boyfriend is an absolute deadbeat, loser, bastard. I know he's selling the dog for medical research. <laughs> the family pet It's going to be experimented <laughs> on. I was really pissed off because the dog Beasley reminds me of my dog Stanley.
1: If I could hold up my notes, I have just written Beasley equals Stanley with a mathematical equal <laughs> sign. I've actually
0: written it here. <laughs> yeah, Yeah, he does look a lot like Stanley, doesn't he? Yeah, and Ali Sheedy's character... Again, I was slightly confused as to what she does because she drives this snack shack which sells, like, nuts and things. But she's also kind of, like, an animal carer. It's all about establishing characters. She looks after animals.
1: She's got lots of animals in the house. Therefore, mm. she's poor because animals always equals yeah. poverty in American films. It also means she's nice. She cares. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. And um, she does a really good job in, in this role, I think. She's really natural. So yeah, really charming, really quite funny. She sees um, number five and immediately mistakes him for an alien.
1: Yes, you would.
0: Yeah, it makes sense, yeah.
1: But but of course, because she mistakes him for an alien, the first thing she does is say, come into my house.
0: <laughs> She's really excited. She's almost like a starstruck um, sort of groupie when she thinks he's an alien. She's kind of like really, really excited about uh, about it. And he's still going on and on about input. Input.
1: Which for an alien, you might think it's, you might be talking about a probe or something. <laughs> yeah
0: yeah I'd be a bit worried. anal probe input. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, what do you think about the robot? I think he's all right. I actually think he's really mm. really good. I think the face, like it's not an overly human face, obviously inspired sort of Wally to some extent, but um it's quite strangely expressive, you know all it is is sort of like this rectangular thing with eyes and these eyebrow flaps.
1: But it, it displays all sorts of emotions. It's very much like the dog yeah. Gromit, where he doesn't speak, but just the movement of a bit of plasticine eyebrow and the, the sort of cocking of a head. You can tell exactly what he's thinking. And it's the same with number yeah. five.
0: Yeah, it's just the right level of um, expressiveness that they've got in there. And it totally avoids the uncanny valley thing that they might go for in a CGI thing these days. Yeah, that, yeah. you know, tries to be too detailed or too... Lifelike or something, yeah, um, yeah, so number five has been reading and mm. um, at Ali, Ali sheedy's house got some got some input and he's learned how to speak a bit and he's starts looking at things and buzzing out on spaghetti, lemons, limes, fabric, <laughs> tablecloth, breaks of vase. <laughs> numerous fragments.
1: <laughs> it did make me laugh that her way of introducing him to sort of earth culture was to play him a song by El debarge.
0: <laughs> I was curious as to why he sort of does he he sort of speaks with a slight Latin kind of accent or something he's got he's got a twang isn't he he's got a twang lemons limes <laughs> <laughs> spaghetti Stephanie it's kind of like it's endearing but it's
1: it almost sounds uh, like
0: that nondescript foreigner that
1: Robin Williams used to do. <laughs>
0: It's much better than if he'd gone for the Hawking The Hawking would have, wouldn't, wouldn't have would have worked <laughs> Spaghetti Lamb, pans, flames <laughs> Number five is alive
1: <laughs> <laughs> So then Because I don't know if it's a comment on modern parenting But the first thing she does to keep him quiet Is just sit him in front of the telly And of course he achieves a lot of input From watching the telly
0: she figures out at this point that he's actually not an alien, but he's a robot.
1: Yeah, because the dog chases him and he goes, whoa, and falls into a hen house. And she sees his barcode on his, yeah. on his bottom
0: half and realizes that he's, yeah. a, he's a robot from down the road. She feels bloody silly. <laughs> so he's, he's basically going to get picked up and disassembled, isn't he? He, he quickly learns that the disassembled means death. Because he squashed mm. a grasshopper,
1: and <laughs> yeah. it's been disassembled, yep. so he has a bit, he has a panic attack when he realises that he may be disassembled. So he steals her truck, and I was, how the hell is he doing the pedals?
0: <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Maybe he's well, he's got quite long arms, so maybe he can just sort of yeah. reach down and. Mm.
1: But then, of course, he says the immortal line: "Number five is alive." At this point, yeah, he realises that he yeah. is alive. Now, yeah. I check my watch at this point. 45 minutes to get to this point. Halfway through the film. yeah. 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 Pacing's not its its strong point.
0: It's not. It's kind of, um, I don't want to say plotless, because there is a plot, but it's very meandering, isn't it?
1: It should be a film that has something to say about what it is to be alive, but it just relies more heavily on some pratfalls and a funny Indian man.
0: Well, I think it says things like parachuting makes you go, wee! And... (laughs) Have you ever parachuted? Have <laughs> you ever skydived? No, I haven't. I yeah, haven't. it didn't make me oh. go wee. Yeah, I'm worried it would actually make me wee.
1: <laughs> it made me pretty much shit myself, but yeah, yeah.
0: I actually yeah, just it, kind it of went a bit. <laughs> but I think you know, there's supposed to be these oh life is wondrous, and there are mm. you know there's such wondrous things to be had just in the in the banal mundane. Yeah. It's a, it's a wonderful world. Well. Everything yeah, is beautiful, basically. But it kind of um, forsakes that for, like you say, Pratt Falls, a bit of action, a bit of explosion-y stuff, a bit of robot stuff. Yeah, and a highly offensive racial stereotype.
1: But they now they know where he is, so so Gutenberg and Ben turn up, uh, as do Scroter yep. and his men, and there's a bit of
0: a shoot 'em up They yeah. shoot at number five. They look quite cool, the, um, the the Scroter soldiers. They look. I thought they looked quite scary. It's a distinctive cool, uniform. But... Yeah, I thought they looked quite cool. Um, and it was quite upsetting when they they're shooting him. I thought.
1: Yes. It's We've already accepted the sad. fact that he is alive. He's like a baby, like a giant metal baby.
0: So they're shooting him. It's very upsetting for Stephanie. Mm. And he's saying number five is alive, Stephanie. But they yeah they get him. They deactivate him. Shove him in a truck while he's being driven off by Fisher Stevens and and some other soldier who's sort of telling him a little anecdote. You're mm. right, he
1: wakes up, he's got his angry red robot eyes on, and he steals the van.
0: Yeah, realises he's got a tracking device on his shoulder and uh, chucks that out. Yep, smart. Uh, yeah, very smart. And then finds his way back to Stephanie. Turns up while she's having a bath, you know, sort of holding a shrub, um, saying, this guy is <laughs> camouflage. And I thought this was really unnecessary, that he goes, cool, your boobs are nice.
1: Yeah, he pretty Basically,
0: much does. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I not like, more. <laughs>
1: <laughs> be, once you sat him in front of the telly, he'd obviously been watching a carry-on film. Because
0: <laughs> he does just sort of go, You don't get many of those to the pound. <laughs> She's reluctant to kind of help him out because she doesn't want to go to jail. But he sort of guilt trips her. She decides she will. And meanwhile, Steve Gutenberg sort of resolving to to get involved a bit more. Yeah, yeah, they're just sort of fanny about a bit, don't they? They are tits on a bull in this film, though. <laughs> They are totally not needed.
1: Very interesting. It would have been so much better if it was just Number 5 and Stephanie.
0: Yeah, yeah. If it was just Number 5 and Stephanie versus the you know, the machine. If she was Elliot to Number Five's E.T. Absolutely. You, you know, you, you just didn't need Gutenberg, who's miscast anyway. You didn't, yeah. certainly didn't need Fisher Stevens at all, at all. Oh, shit.
1: Did you see who was originally cast in the Benroll? Because apparently the, the Benroll was supposed to be like a a white guy. Oh, no, um, he wasn't. It, it wasn't written as an Indian guy. And Bronson Pinshot, whatever his name is, oh, was Bronson originally Pinshot. cast. The master of funny, nondescript yeah. European accents. Very much like number five. But he left
0: to do that TV show about... Perfect Strangers. He would have played Ben as Balki Or Serge. Slightly less offensive. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so the, the,
1: the filmmakers then apparently thought, well, foreigners are funny. How can we mm. make this one
0: even funnier? I know. Mm. <laughs> and then number five, a bit of a John Badham in joke. Number five mm. watches um, Saturday Night Fever. Yeah, and dances. He sort of does the little Cossack dance thing that George Revolta does. <laughs> then he grabs Stephanie and sings More Than a Woman to her.
1: Bald-headed woman, yep. But then her ex turns up because he's seen yeah. the news. Um, and mm. they're offering a $25,000 reward for the return of number five. So he turns up and says, I'm going to bring him back. I want the money. So number five trashes his car and makes his trousers fall down, basically.
0: <laughs> yeah. While quoting um, sort of gangster films and things. that I'm, yeah. yeah. Scarface, I think he's quoting. Yeah. Then uh, Scroder and the remaining saint robots are kind of in pursuit of him again.
1: There's, a sort of a, there's like a shootout at a, at a bar, isn't there, where they... Yeah, yeah. Where, where Newton turns up to talk to Stephanie, um, yeah. but Scroter and and the guys are followed because they want to yeah. take number five. So number five smashes through a wall, does some impressions, and rescues them.
0: There's a, there's a nice little line where Scroter says to Newton, "That little fart of a robot is giving me the red ass." <laughs> <Would> you... <laughs> the red ass. <laughs>
1: You ever had the red ass?
0: No. I'm not, I don't care to share that on this, on this podcast. But. Is that like the Wait. overnight flight with uncomfortable seats? <laughs> it's not the early morning one, it's yeah. the late night one. Where's way.
1: Craven's red ass?
0: Yeah, I enjoyed that. I enjoyed that line. Um. But yeah, you're right. So the other numbers
1: are chasing after <laughs> number five. Now to try and... Um, yeah again, but because he's now alive and a bit wacky, yeah, he really learns how to how to turn them off to turn the off button. Yeah, um, there's one that sort of falls into a, an exploding toilet, it didn't really work <laughs> that he pushes him in the toilet and the toilet explodes. But of course, yeah. then number five shouts out the immortal line from the film, which is
0: well, your mama was a snowblower. <laughs> 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 My favorite line, I love that one. Yeah, and he sort of reprograms the other three into the three stooges.
1: That's right. So where's number four?
0: I don't know, actually.
1: Yeah. So then he gets Newton and he takes him to see Stephanie and they have a sort of a a debate in the mountains about what it means to be alive and are you alive or not. It's like the Turing test.
0: It was almost like it was trying to be a bit biblical or something by having it kind of in the mountains and... Yeah. But, yeah, he convinces, um, he convinces Newton that he is, in fact, alive.
1: Yeah, and the way he convinces him that he's alive was kind of fitting with some other aspects of the film. is because he laughs at a really anti-Semitic joke. <laughs> <laughs> he must be alive! He's a racist!
0: <laughs> oh, he's going to get on really well with Ben.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but, but
1: that's enough to, to persuade Newton that he's alive. Um, wouldn't mm. you bloody know it? That's when Scroter turns up with the army and they demand the robot yep. back. So number five's hiding in a truck and he appears to leg it and race it away down the desert while they're all shooting at him. But for some reason, he's not kind of going, whoa, or doing his funny impressions. Yeah. He's very quiet. Very quiet for him. But we don't really find out why, because a helicopter blows him up, blows him to pieces.
0: It's very um unexpected and sad. Yeah.
1: So mm. very much like Dr. David Banner, he wants the world to believe he is dead. And then
0: he can stop running. That's right.
1: So they all think he's dead. Stephanie and Crosby, yep. um, the Nova guy. So Scroter thinks he's dead. Scroter's then fired. Yeah, for blowing
0: up an eleven million dollar robot. Yep.
1: And so Stephanie and Crosby drive away, all very sad. And
0: guess who's in the back? Number five. He is alive.
1: Yay! Still. Because he, because he, he built a copy of himself out of the spare bits in the truck, which is very clever. Yeah.
0: Not, not quite sure where he found the time to do, do all this, but yeah, he did it. He's a clever little we'll robot. Susp- we'll we'll suspend disbelief. And Crosby says that he's got uh, a whole bunch of land in Montana where he can take number five and plenty of input for him. Yep. And um, they can hide really from the authorities. Yep. And and, and he, you can
1: take sus- Stephanie there with the animals. Yeah. Plenty of input for her.
0: Oh, yeah. I bet. <laughs> Be <a lot> of... <laughs> that's that's what he's hoping. That's what he's planning on.
1: <laughs> Going to give her the red ass. <laughs> i listeners i'm sorry i really apologize that was awful i'm so sorry
0: (laughs) and then um uh number five says that number five is a stupid name he wants to be a Kevin or a dave (laughs) 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 and then he said he said it was on johnny johnny five that'd be cool
1: because of the El Eldebarge song that he yeah, is such that, a huge fan of.
0: Yeah, was it Where's Johnny? Or is that what it's called? Where's...
1: It's either called Where's Johnny or Who's Johnny. Who's Johnny? It's one of the yeah. two. Yeah, and, and that's it. They all drive all right off, right into the off into the sunset.
0: The sunset. Off until the sequel, Short Circuit Two: Robot in the City.
1: The thing that gets me is because they've kind of faked Number Five's death. What happens in Short Circuit Two makes absolutely no sense. We're they expensive. send it to New York for a holiday. Yeah. Yeah. It just doesn't make any sense at all. It'd be like Lord Lucan just appearing on telly now
0: and going, "I'm still dead," you know. <laughs> Lucan two,
1: yeah. yeah, that was a
0: Lucan two made no sense. Lucan's <laughs> talking too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, especially when they got Bruce Willis to voice him, it was <laughs> it really didn't work. <laughs> so, Chris, so. Mm. I have, I have to ask. Short Circuit, still any good?
1: No, I didn't enjoy it. I really you didn't. didn't enjoy I it. know there it were some fun things that we said that were quite nice mm. and quite enjoyable, but mm. I had a lot of trouble getting past the Fisher Stevens bend thing.
0: Yeah, fair enough. So.
1: I also found it was yeah. paced really badly. Like I said, it takes 45 minutes for him to declare that he's alive, and mm. then the remainder is just a little bit of a chase scene. Yeah. It says nothing, really, about what it is to be alive that this funny little robot who's a machine has got more life than all of the people around him who claim to be living their lives. It doesn't say anything about that at all. Yeah. It just yeah. relegates it to a series of jokes and some falling over. So, no, I'd say I didn't enjoy it. I thought Steve Gutenberg was terribly miscast. Ali Sheedy was great. Mm. The robot was good. He was nice. But,
0: no, I didn't enjoy it. Yeah. How about you? Well, look, I... I... Completely, um, and utterly agree with everything that you've said there, but for some reason, I I quite liked it. I I was expecting not to. I was expecting, oh god, this will be, this will have dated, and it has. Mm. And uh, again, all everything you've said, the the horribly offensive racial stereotype, the pacing. I was kind of. I think my I had low expectations, and I went into this, chucked it on, and I was just kind of like, huh, I'm actually. Found this quite amusing, <laughs> and I think it was yeah. This wasn't as shit as I thought it was going to be. Oh, so um, I wouldn't wa- I wouldn't watch it again. I wouldn't watch no. it again, and I you know, I wouldn't necessarily recommend it. But um,
1: you're not going to race to watch the sequel again.
0: Uh, not, i t- to be honest with you, because the sequel is on Netflix, and I had to did have to struggle to find um this copy to watch this version to watch. Mm. Because the sequel was on Netflix, I might just chuck it on, okay, yeah, and sit and see what happens and you know, I know, know there's have...
1: a very sad bit at the end where you do think he's actually going to die. I think that's quite sad where his, his life blood is dripping out of
0: him and that sort of thing I do remember that doesn't he become an American citizen in the in the end they yes he does yeah him? They he's gold, in him gold yeah yeah yeah, another bit of bloody racial bloody you know <laughs> it... they even put the robot in goldface um <laughs> <laughs> And and little known to people, a young Justin Trudeau was in that scene too, <laughs> as the Asian woman. Um, so, you know, these days, of course, you wouldn't need lightning to strike the robot for it to become intelligent. It would just become intelligent.
1: You know, yeah, it would the... be like Ex Machina, which is effectively a remake of Short Circuit, Yeah, but with more dancing.
0: But yeah, like I said, won't be watching it again. (laughs) (laughs) No. So, what have
1: we got coming up?
0: Well, we've got a bit of a treat coming up, Mm. because as as we like to do, um, we've got a Halloween special on its way, and we've got a special guest, haven't we?
1: We have indeed, yeah. Traditionally, Rob and I would choose a Halloween film each, but because we have a guest coming along, we've allowed them to choose the film. Are we going to reveal what the film is, so people can do their own research? Yeah, go on. All right. Um, our guest has chosen Killer Clowns from Outer Space.
0: Yeah, the um, the little known prequel to it. <laughs> Have you seen
1: Killer Clowns from Outer Space? <laughs> I,
0: I haven't. I've seen the cover of mm. the video many, many times as a, as a child walking through the video store and thinking this looks kind of interesting, but mm. I was never going to part with my five ninety nine to hire out Killer Clowns from. No, from Outer no Space. same here. Yeah, and who's our special guest who's chosen this this song? Um,
1: well, it's a gentleman called Fran Jolly who is responsible for some very, very good social media sites, such as the Comedy Podcast Devotees. Excellent. Yeah, that's um, great. Which is, uh, you it's you kind good, of go to one. of of where to yeah. look for for some good comedy podcasts.
0: Yeah, no, it'll be good, and uh, and that's a it's a really good choice for a film, actually. Cause it's one of those ones that always been on the in the very far back of the mind and. Finally, yeah. being forced to watch it. <laughs> You're forced to watch it. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We, we oh. are looking forward to it, honestly. No, I am, actually, I am, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. that's us, thinking, I guess, folks. A bit of housekeeping? Or?
1: Yeah, let's do the usual. Let's do the contact stuff. So, if you want to get in touch with us, we're on Twitter at Still Any Good Pod. Instagram, Still Any Good Pod. We're also on Facebook, Still Any Good. And if you want to email us, stillanygood at gmail.com.
0: Fantastic. All right. Well, Chris, we'll see you next time for our Halloween special. That'll be good. I'll see you then. Cheers, mate. See ya. Thanks a lot. See ya, Bye-bye. Your mama was a snowblower!